This episode of Behind the Bliss is made possible by our generous donors. If you love our show and would love to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click Give. Or head to www.patreon.com forward slash Behind the Bliss. Thanks! Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I'm your host, Rachel Autry, and this week I have my friend Katie Hodges joining me for a conversation about choosing love in all circumstances. Katie and her husband walked through a tough season where she learned a ton about herself, her spouse, and the Lord and His love for us. We talk about counseling, the meaning of marriage, discontentedness with the current season you may be in, and lots more. This isn't just an episode for married individuals, so if you hear that, you're a little wrong. If you're single, dating, or engaged, don't tune out. In fact, this is all the more reason for you to turn it up and listen in. Without further ado, here is my friend, Katie. Hey, Katie. Hey, Rachel. This is so fun. We've talked about this for a long time now. Yes, we have. And we're like cuddled up on your couch. (laughs) I wish people could see a picture of what we're doing. We're contorted. We look very comfortable. You should be jealous that you're not with us. But for those of you listening, Katie is one of my new great friends. She and I met in Birmingham over breakfast. Literally had skillet breakfast together. It was delicious. And I just have to say, Rachel was one of those people that when you first meet her, you feel like you've known her for 20 years. I felt like we were instant besties. And she's just one of those people when you haven't seen her in a long time, you feel like you can just pick back up right where you left off. I'm like shaking my head. This is not my interview. This no, is yours. No, I just need everyone to know how amazing Rachel is. Okay. Well, now next off the commercial break, <laughs> the affirmation commercial break. Um, <laughs> we'll get to you later, promise. <laughs> um, but I just want people to know who you are, what you're up to in life. Tell us all about KJ. Well, your real name's Katie Hodges, but we call you KJ. Tell us yeah, who KJ is. Yeah, got the nickname. So Katie Hodges. I, um, let's see, I've been married for three years. I have a nine-month-old little baby boy whose name is Rhett Jones. He's so sweet. He's very chunky and cute. Um, I work part-time at Church of the Highlands. My father-in-law started Church of the Highlands. It is second largest church in America. So I am very honored to get to be part of that. And I do hair and makeup on the side on the weekends. I was about to say. Yeah, I almost forgot that large detail in my life. So I do that. And I love making other people have their beauty come out word as it is already inward. That's really dumb. I shouldn't say that. No, I love it. We're Please keeping cut it. that part out. No, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so cheesy, but it's true. It is true. I love it. I think every woman is beautiful. Yes. And you have been married now how many years? Three. Wait, when's your anniversary? So we'll have been married for three years, June 18th. Wait, we have very similar anniversaries. Really? When's yeah. your anniversary? May 14th, and we're three years. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. So anniversary trips together. Sounds like a deal. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe we can go to Nashville to visit one of our favorite bloggers. Yeah, we're going to go see Living with Landon 
at her store. So shout out to Landon. <laughs> Love you, Landon. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you've been married for almost three years. Yes. And I feel like you've learned a lot in marriage over the past three years. Yes. Marriage has been V hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have gone through a lot in our three years of marriage. Okay. And for anyone listening, um, what would you say has been the thing that you've learned the most through marriage in these past three years and the hardships? So the biggest thing I've learned is that I have come to my own. I was already convicted about this before, but I feel like just going through what I've gone through, I feel like I've become even more convicted about this, but that love truly has the power to break every single chain. Like, Mm, every single addiction, every single illness, every single um, thing that we face, I really believe that um, your love ultimately for the Lord, but also for your spouse can, like, it heals everything. Yeah. I mean, that love has the power to break every chain. Yeah. And I feel like crumble any kind of stronghold the enemy might have or any kind of lie he's trying to deceive you with yeah like love overcomes all basically I mean I just really believe that um we can love people through their hardest moments and come out on the other side of it better and stronger than we were before yeah and that's something that you feel like you've learned through specific moments in your marriage yeah so we had um a very hard event happen in our lives where marriage hit rock bottom about a year and a half ago Um, it was a very unexpected event and, you know, it was shocking and it's been traumatic and, you know, it's put both me and Michael in counseling together and separately. And I've learned a lot through that, still learning a lot through that. I'm definitely not completely on the other side of it, especially in the midst of a baby. Absolutely. And I feel like if I were listening to this and obviously I know you and I love you and I know your story. For people that are, because I would be this girl too, that's listening and it's like, oh, I want to know details. Like, I want to know what happens specifically. And um, there's a lot that happens specifically and there's a lot of details, I'm sure, entangled in all of it. But wanted to speak directly to the girl who's kind of like yearning for more and like wants to hear more that, and Katie and I talked about this before even recording, but details like won't fix the problem and I think admitting your mess generally is just as important to people as admitting it in detail and so we're just gonna honor people yeah and yeah so I mean I do get a lot of questions as far as what specifically happened in your marriage like I feel like I need to know the details in order to get the healing that I need or take away something that maybe I said through really social media and my answer to that is one um, the details are to protect where me and Michael are currently in our marriage. And also, yeah. um, I think that, you know, it's something that we want to share one day, but right now, because we're in the midst of it and still healing from it and working through it, it doesn't really like the details don't matter because there's fruit in what we've gone through. Like right. the fact that we shared. Yeah. Like, yeah just the fact that something horrible has happened and we're still together, I think speaks for itself. I don't have to share the specifics of what happened. No. And the fact that Jesus is working through it and talking through your story, regardless of how many 
or not so many details are shared are just as important because he shines through it all and love conquers all like you said in the beginning so we love you for that yeah well jesus i couldn't do without jesus that's for sure yeah there's been a lot of moments in my own life where things will happen that I never would have ever imagined happening. If someone showed me the story that was being written five years ago, I would have laughed in their face, like wouldn't have believed it. Do you feel similar? Um, and obviously you said you didn't anticipate it happening, but in the midst of that, do you feel like you had to deal with shame or what could I have done differently so that these things didn't happen? And the things that we don't have control over in life sometimes I feel like are the hardest to work through because there's no reason. You know, it's so hard because in our Christian walks, we like to put a formula to things. We think that if we do A plus B, we're going to yield C. And that's not always the case. You know, I think God allows hard things in our life, regardless of how well we've maybe played the Christian game or how um, well we've done in life in general, you know, it's like we think that if we do all the right things that we're, that our life is going to be perfect. And sometimes I just think God has other plans. And, you know, I think for me personally, that was so hard and something that I struggle with, even just in my relationship with the Lord and questioning him. It's like, Lord, like I've done all the right things in my life and made the hard decisions to do the right things when everyone else was doing the wrong things. And yet I'm sitting here not I'm I'm sitting here in a marriage devastated where it's easy to look around at other people that I'm like I know that they haven't done the right way but they're still getting blessed for it and they're not having to go through what I've gone through mm, wow. and that's that can be that's been hard to yeah. almost struggle with and wrangle with and you know yeah and we talked about this earlier with something completely different but His power is made perfect in our weakness and our lack of ability to understand and to wrap our minds around things like this is almost where he gets to shine through the hardest and say, but yet I still have you. Yeah. And I think too, it's also having the mindset and, and hope and faith that God won't allow anything in your life that he's not going to bring you through. And also that he's not going to use for his glory. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I've had to come to the point with everything that I've been through in my marriage that ultimately this marriage isn't about me. And somebody said this to me, one of my very dear friends, in fact, I think you know her, but um, she spoke this to me and she just said, what has happened in your marriage didn't happen to you, it's happening through you. And I have held on to that because it's been such a reminder to me that this is something that God's allowing. And I can choose to see it as something that's so hard and that, you know, God's punishing me for whatever, you know, but it's that God's actually doing something through me to bless other people and ultimately give him glory. Yeah. And you're able to share it on platforms like this. Well, it's crazy. If you had asked me in high school if I would ever ha- be where I'm at, where I'm at in life right now, I would think you're crazy because I'm like little old me, little Katie, <laughs> little KJ, <laughs> little KJ. No, God's not going to use me like that. So he has quite a plan, and it's still unfolding. And it's been the coolest thing to see all work through it. And counseling obviously has played a big part. Did you ever consider yourself being in counseling? Did you grow up in a counseling family? So I grew up in a very healthy household and like my parents are both Christians and um, both my sisters are and you know we never had a reason to go to counseling I guess growing up um, 
and then I had gone through something. I had gone through a broken off engagement uh, right after college, and it was very traumatic. And um, I started going to counseling, and it was one of the best things I think I could have ever done. And because of that, I now have some family members that go just because it's helpful and beneficial. Yeah. yeah. So I know. So I did not grow up in counseling, but a few traumatic things happened in my family and we were kind of forced to go and we ended up going. And I remember, um, standing at the dishwasher and I was 14, I think, and I had counseling that afternoon and my dad was like, Hey, ready to go to counseling? I can go take you to Dr. Barbian. And I was like, I don't need to go to Miss Barbian today. Like, I feel fine. And he was like, well, no, you don't go to the, you don't go to counseling cause you f- feel bad. You go to counseling to figure out why your good days are good and why your bad days are bad. Yeah. Like we're going to counseling. And I was like, Oh, good idea so I feel like counseling has kind of been a big part of my life and um I know that it just sets a lot of people free but also comes that really weird stigma like it is for traumatic right yeah and I just and I get why people think that because I mean I used to be one of those people but now I just think even if nothing bad has happened in your life I think having a an unbiased soundboard safe place for you to go and be able to talk about some of the stuff Mm -hmm. that you go through even on a daily basis but even if you're wrestling you know even if you're single and you're not in a relationship but you you know or maybe wrestling with why am I still single and I'm not married and just maybe talking those things out in a safe environment and maybe talk about your background and your family and I just think it can help on so many different levels I can I truly can just like wash the stigma away. Right. I think it's also super important to look and do research about Christian-based, like faith-based counselors because they are a sounding board and kind of act as bumpers in your life to bounce ideas after and off of. And if they don't come from the same place of recognizing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can get a lot of different opinions. So yeah, and that side was, note, <laughs> I was going to say that's been big for me. It's you know finding counselors that believe in fighting for your marriage and you know because there are a lot of people that have been given not great advice in counseling and have made life altering life altering decisions because of that and maybe had they gone to somebody else and gotten advice from a different type of counselor maybe their life would be in a different place you know I want to just dive deeper because I feel like someone's thinking this out there um you are in the church now Yeah. And Michael's dad is the pastor of Church of the Highlands. Yes. And um, obviously, I would say with it being the church that it is, with the activity that it has and like the active members and people that serve and the amount of leadership and all that, surely you guys are in the spotlight. And I feel like it's really hard to be going through something, but much less being exposed at the same time. Mm -hmm. What did you feel like the Lord spoke to you and through you in that season of kind of having to work through your mess with a crowd of people as spectators? Yeah. You know, I think for one, God gives you the grace for where he's placed you. Um, But two, in some ways, I think it's kind of beautiful that it happened to the family that it happened in because I think it's just a reminder that no matter who you are or what family you're a part of, like it's okay to not be perfect and Mm -hmm. it's okay to have flaws and to make mistakes no matter how many eyes may be on you watching. And, you know, obviously it was very hard that 
all of our business got put out there as to what happened. But at the same time, that's been one of the most freeing things because we don't have to hide behind it. Like obviously details in this type of arena don't matter, but the people that know about it were the only ones that needed to know about it Mm -hmm. and in that light. And so I think, but I think that that honestly has maybe changed the way that even our leadership at the church, as far as staff is concerned, um, that if there are people on staff at our church and are struggling with something that they can be upfront about it and that there's a game plan and action for them to get healing from it and set free from it. And I think had this not happened to the person that it did being the founding pastor's son, that maybe it that wouldn't have been the case. And so I think it's just been a big blessing in disguise for more than just who we think that it could be a blessing to. Yeah. We say a lot around here, what's hidden can't be healed. And I right. don't think you have the option to even hide it if you wanted to. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think it's a blessing that it was kind of brought out into the open where you didn't even have time to explain it. And everybody knew. And it was almost like a you were faced at this critical intersection of, I have to work through this. I have no option. Like, we have to come to decisions. We have to make a choice. We have to fight for this. Like, it's got to be something we commit to because of, yeah, the amount of people that were watching you and watching your move and the influence that you had and the way that you handled it. Like, I wanted to honor you because it was a way of choosing love and, like, choosing grace. And I think that you showed a lot of different people who Jesus is because of the different sacrifices and the person that you are and the reasons that you came to that didn't even seem reasonable in, the, in those ways. And you are literally, I don't know, the example to me of peace that surpasses all understanding where you could have the peace for tomorrow and to move forward in marriage and life as a mom without having to have a reason or the permission or anyone else's approval when everyone else told you to run or yeah. to do something different. And so wanted you to be honored in that because Thanks, Rachel. I couldn't imagine. You are just amazing. Well, we always end up crying together. I know. I'm like I'm not going I'm like, to. I have tissues right here. I refuse. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I think obviously it's just Jesus. I mean, he gives you the grace for what he's called you to. And, you know, I think that, like I said before, I think that love has the power to break chains and for people to receive healing. And I think it's created an environment in me and Michael's marriage that like, we don't have to be perfect and put up this front to one another that our lives have to look a certain way and that there's freedom to mess up. And I think that's really set the stage even for um, Rhett, our little yeah, baby for boy, motherhood. you know, yeah. just, yeah, from parenting him because Lord knows that child's not going to be perfect. If he has anything to do with my side of the family, um, <laughs> you know, we're hot messes in the best way, but, um, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay for him to mess up and that there's a safe environment that, you know, he has parents that are going to love him no matter what he chooses to do. Mm-hmm. you know, and messes up because, yeah. And that God loves him and God loves Michael and God loves you and I both than Thomas yeah. or whoever else could love us back. Yeah. And so knowing that we're really taken care of and our kids are taken care of and 
their ways and their stories are written before us before we even have control or say so in it. And I think that's beautiful and it almost sets you free of like, you just can't mess this up. Yeah. You just can't. For the people out there that might not be going through marital hardships, but they're going through life hardships where they feel similar and can relate to you in the way that they didn't necessarily choose this for themselves. Maybe they lost someone they love. Maybe um, they were deceived. Maybe they were lied to or whatever, fill in the blank, that they are kind of wrapping their minds around like, what the heck? Where did this come from? I never saw this happening to me. I'm not the girl for this. What resources besides counseling did you feel like you were able to cling to? And like, what was so important to bring you through that season that you think they could use as well? Besides Jesus, which is a given, my people. I don't think that it's possible to go through hard times without the people in your life. And, and the way I see it is the people that are in your life right now, that's an investment because it's our job to love the people around us because you never know when you're going to need them. Yeah. And I'm not like the world's best friend on the planet, you know, like I have room to grow in that department, but I feel like I try and do a good job of loving my people Mm -hmm. and letting them know that because especially because of how they've been there for me through everything it's like I owe them my life and you know sometimes you just have those bad days and you need that person that you can pick up the phone and say hey I've had a bad day and I just need to be encouraged you know and they're Mm going to be there for you and they want to do that because of the investment that you've made into one another so I definitely think people your friends are a big big piece of getting through things yeah wow the best friend and then when you were in that spot let's say someone's listening and they are a friend of someone going through a hard time how would you recommend that friend to love on you and to be there for you I think time um sometimes we feel like when somebody's going through something hard that we have to have something to say but when I was in that position it was like I kept hearing the same things over and over again and I was like I'm tired of hearing all this you know I know people are saying things to try and help and yeah I know at the heart of it that all they're trying to do is their let me intentions know that, are good yeah like their their heart was 100% pure but for my people I didn't want to hear those things it's just I needed their time like sometimes I just needed to go do something fun to take my mind off of what was going on around me and so I think you know just to the friend that has a friend that's going through something hard that person just needs your time and you letting them know yeah yeah, and letting them know in different ways that you're there for them and even if it's writing them a card or Mm -hmm. it's taking them coffee to work you know it's like little things like that that I remember people doing for me that had the most impact that's good Yeah, it's true. I feel like whenever I dealt with grief, that was the thing that meant the most to me is just knowing that I had people because it's so easy to be convinced that you're alone. Yeah. And uh, especially in marriage things. Yes. Like that is the way the enemy comes in is to think like, oh, Rachel, yeah, you thought Thomas is there for you. It's all you, boo. And that, yeah. And I want to say something about that. I think that... um, that was a hard part about marriage is I was like, something is not right, but I didn't like, what's the balance of like 
talking about some of the stuff that you're going through in marriage, but at the same time, like, you know, honoring your husband in that, you know? Yeah, like not wanting to probe him because you want him to have the freedom to talk about it and express what he's going through or what he's working through with you, but also respecting the one-on-one relationship he has with Jesus. Yeah. But then also being like, oh, well, we are one flesh. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that was something so hard for me was, you know, not knowing what I should say or what I shouldn't say to people that still honoring Michael, but at the same time, it's still letting people know what's going on in my marriage. And I think, you know, again, having the people that know your heart and love you that you can go to them about things and they're going to be able to be the ones to say, cause that was it for me. I had one person that I had finally opened up to about some of the issues that we were having in our marriage. And she was like, Hey, like, I think that's a red flag, you know? And I just was like, thank goodness that I'd had that conversation when I did, because if I hadn't have had that conversation, I don't know if I would be where I am now. Mm, And so I was able to talk about a hardship in our marriage, but it was a safe place, you know? And that's again, going back to having having that relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gosh. And you know, uh, the biggest way you do that is for me personally it like those relationships came from being involved at the church you know all my best friends have come through the church and so I just think there's something to be said for being part of a local church whether it's Church of the Highlands or wherever you attend wherever you live just getting plugged in a local church where it's full of people that love the Lord and are going to encourage you in your walk and yeah. love you through it absolutely the one thing that just ticks me off the most, and I've talked to you about this before, is, and I've seen this through just being here. I mean, it, when you put that ring on your finger and you take the vows, like, buckle up. And I'm not saying it's going to be the worst. I'm just saying it's going to be difficult. And you're going to see parts of yourself that you never knew existed. You're going to see parts of your spouse that you think are, like, the most unattractive because you're human and you're sharing a life together. But in that, there's so much beauty and room for love and what Katie was talking about in the beginning of choosing love and knowing that love and the greatest of these is love, you know, and knowing that love is a fruit that, oh my gosh, I mean, it can break every chain like Katie was saying. And, um, with all that in mind, I think it's so important to be on guard though. And knowing that one of the things the enemy hates the most is marriage in my opinion. Yeah. Because I mean, theologians you can correct me but in my opinion um (laughs) satan hates marriage because it's like the earthly relationship of the way that christ is married to the church yeah and exactly he's like if i can distort and pervert that then i win and he let me tell you what i have gone through is proof in the pudding that the enemy is out for marriage like he is he wants he wants cold blood in his hands yeah And with all that being said, like this should never frighten you or this should never, should never scare you away from that kind of commitment because it is beautiful. And Katie and Michael are standing proof that there is such thing as victory in the midst of that hardship, but in it, just know and like be on guard and put on the armor of God, like every day and know that you cannot do this alone. Like it cannot be an Autry thing. It has to be an Autry and Jesus thing. And it cannot be a Hodges thing. It has to be Hodges and Jesus thing. And when Jesus is removed from that, like you can bet your bottom dollar, 
you will hit some speed bumps. Yeah. It's to show us and to like bring us back to the father. And so not that failure is fun, but failure is sometimes necessary to show us that it's not, it's not about us. Yeah. And I do. So I feel like yesterday I was just, I was spending time with the Lord and because of what me and Michael have gone through and are going through, it seems like the road can be daunting at times. And it's so easy to just constantly want to strive for the perfect marriage. And which leaves me completely like discouraged always when there's constant reminders that we're just not there. Like we're still on the road to get to a marriage that, you know, again, not perfect, but to have a quote unquote normal marriage. And he revealed to me that sometimes that can become an idol. And I also was talking to a girl that she's single and she just wants to be married so bad. So for the single girl out there, it's easy to look at marriage and it become an idol in your life where that's the only thing that you seek, that you can't even enjoy the other things around you because you're so focused on marriage and it getting to that point in your life when all God wants you to do is enjoy the journey. And I think that that's one thing that I'm having to um, learn right now. And going back to what Rachel said, it's like there is power in my weakness because of the, like, the strength of the Lord. And so for single girls out there that just want to be married, just enjoy this journey and enjoy the time that you have with your girlfriends where there's not as much responsibility and don't make marriage an idol because you're just going to be let down every single time in the moments that God wants you to enjoy. And so, yeah, like husband or no husband, ring or no ring, like engagement, wedding or none. Like yeah. marriage is not a destination. Right. It's still a journey once you're married. Once you're married, there's still going to be things and discontentments because this is life and we are fleshly and we are 100% sin without Jesus' blood covering us. Yeah. Um, I was looking up on my phone because <laughs> I have this book that Thomas and I read when we um, went through premarital counseling. It's called When Sinners Say I Do. Have you read it? No. It's fire. I need to read this. It's by Dave Harvey. And I couldn't remember the author, but Dave Harvey um, writes about a lot of different topics in marriage, but talks about naturally when you put one human with another and ask them to do something holy. Dear Lord. There is no such thing without Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Exactly. Like caution tape. Yeah. Like you better have invited Jesus to be your chauffeur or else you're going off a cliff. Exactly. And... I just, gosh, I cannot bring this anymore to the forefront of, uh, and I wish that this episode were available to me on May 14th of 2016. Amen, sister. Don't we all? I would have been like, oh, that's why I'm upset. Right. But, and it's never like a, like our husbands can do something or mess something up or we could fail them in a big way as well. Mm-hmm. But like our failure and the discontent that we might have in them or they might have in us is a part of it because Jesus is the reason. Yeah, exactly. And they will never, and if you put contentment or like your destination to be marriage, like you won't be content because marriage will not fulfill you. Yeah, it's amen. Jesus and what he did that will only fulfill you. Yeah. And I think what you guys have been through and what other people will go through naturally, I think is just a testimony for what he can do when we surrender ourselves and our passions and what our heart is telling us to what he says is true. Yeah. So 
all the things. All the things. Thank you, Landon Hutchinson. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, is Candy going to pick up on this? (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah. We, gosh, we could have this conversation forever. Forever in a day and a half. I know. Because you know it well. Yeah. And I bet you've gained some like really cool wisdom from counselors too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes. Jesus, the ultimate counselor. I keep going back to that because I'm like, I probably wouldn't have gone to a counselor if I didn't feel like the Lord was telling me to do that. You right. know, and he sent the perfect counselors in my path That's so cool. that I needed, you know, that the Lord has truly spoken through them. So anyways, huge fan of counseling. Even if nothing's happened in your life, you should just go because we all have ish that we need to work through. So get it, you know, true story. Go, go help a sister out, <laughs> AKA yourself. <laughs> See you a counselor. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, is Ratchet Katie coming out today? Ratchet Katie is, here is to about to come out yes. and it is here currently. Um, okay. It's like, have y'all watched The Bachelorette? Hannah Beast? Yes. Yes. I'm like, KJ Ratchet is KJ Ratchet out. is Hannah Beast, Hannah Beast equals KJ Ratchet. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> Rachel does not know how to follow up after that now. So, <laughs> crickets. Rachel is like, how Rachel do I shook. direct this interview now? <laughs> yeah. No, but for real. Okay, switching gears completely. Yes. What would you say are some of the things in life that you're loving? It could be a song or a book or a thing for Rhett or something you're loving, like makeup, whatever. Just share your love and the goodness with the people. Oh my gosh, y'all. Charlotte Tilbury, she knows all the things so she knows what's up i'm obsessed with her line currently um she doesn't sell it i can't find it anywhere in birmingham like i've had to go online to get her stuff but anyways there's this um pencil that is basically an eyeshadow for your eye and it's basically like a crayon so you just like rub it you just put it on your eyelid and then take your fingers and just kind of smudge it around it is all the things because it's for people that don't really want to um, learn or know how to put on eyeshadow in like, you know, makeup artist form, but just, and need something fast and easy. And this is that. And I'm loving that. Um, also, Dr. Dennis Gross exfoliant pads. Y'all, this has changed my skincare game. Like, what? It's amazing. They are amazing they are v expensive so (laughs) i suggest only doing it yeah just a little i suggest doing it like every other day but it's basically a daily peel and you rub this pad on your face and it you know is basically getting all the nasty skin off it's going to help with fine lines and wrinkles and then you go in with the second pad and it just kind of nourishes it so it kind of puts moisture back into your skin and then you can go in with like a moisturizer or whatever and put that back on your face but wow wow it's they're amazing i'm gonna give you one because you need to go home and try it okay so we'll do babe I i'm, love I'm very <laughs> into skincare and makeup right now i go back and forth between that and fashion and home decor but right now i'm on a makeup and skincare kick and you share a lot on insta so yeah. where can people find you yeah so you can find me on kj.hodges on instagram cool and i like to share all things about faith and makeup and skincare and yeah, all the things. I love it. Yeah. Katie, we are so grateful for your transparency and well, just honored. sharing where you're at in life. I'm honored that you asked me part of it. And I just, I'm telling y'all, Rachel is the real deal. Like one of my favorite people on the planet. She's the easiest person to talk to. And that's why I love her. Ugh. So if for any reason you're doubting whether you need to continue listening to this podcast, <laughs> 
take your dots away and listen to Rachel Mary Scott. We'll pay you later. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll take my check later. Not sponsored. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, you mean the most. No, you're the best. Love you. Love you too. Regardless of your current season or relationship status, I hope you leave feeling chosen, known, and loved after this episode. Katie and I's prayer for you is that you lean into the Father's love and His peace that surpasses all understanding when life gets tough. Instead of turning away, we pray that you tune in and you embrace the love Jesus paid for. Our story may not be one that we signed up for or that we volunteered to go through, but it's one where we experience the Lord's fullness when the things of this world fall short. If you're loving this podcast, we would be so encouraged if you would go over to iTunes and leave us a quick review. If you've left the review already, we want to let you know it means the world to us. We've read each and every individual one. And if you feel so inclined, we would love to add your review to the mix. Reviews are great and give other people an opportunity to read a little bit about the show before deciding to listen and join our community over here on Behind the Bliss. We linked everything we talked about in today's episode and more over on our show notes on BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.